Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is such a happy song. I love this song. Take a listen. Table, look outside. Thy were able on the backside. I love this song. I could sing to this song <laughs> the rest of the night. Welcome back, everyone. We call this the Mom and Michael Hour. Unfortunately, unfortunately, my son um, is not with us tonight, but I am so excited that he'll be here next Sunday. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Jonathan Lowe and I, of course, love to talk as well. And um, I want to get a, um, an update from you, Jonathan, about Twins Baseball, because I have not stayed on top of it with all the work I've been doing. So so tell me about how they're doing. Well, they've been struggling a little bit. They have, a bit. They have uh, really not played as well as they were early in the season. And unfortunately, it has uh, come back to bite them a bit. And they are now out of first place in the division. Oh, man. You know, when was the last time the Twins were, were running where they won uh, the big game? <laughs> was that 91? World Series was 91. They won it yep. in 87 and 91. Yeah, man, that was so incredible. I remember it so well because I drove downtown to be close to the stadium just so I could feel all of the electricity. I tell you, everything that people feel about um, different groups of people was all gone away in that moment for me. I mean, there was no one cursing and calling people out of their, you know, uh, whatever to, whatever your background is, if you're black, white, or whatever. Nobody was getting out going, you know, you so-and-so, get out of here. None of that. It was people were hugging each other that didn't know each other. It was beautiful, and I just hope that the Twins can bring that back for us now that we have the Twin Stadium and so much more. So do you think that they are going to get better, or do you think that there are so many games that they're exhausted? Well, the thing is, the it's not the so many games thing because that's the same for everybody. Everybody plays 162 games a year. That's a lot of games. It is a lot of games. It's a lot of days, and baseball does wear on you over the over the six month season, basically. So, uh, I'm not, I don't know if they're tired. I don't know if they were ultimately built to withstand the pitching of Cleveland and the lineup of Chicago, Chicago is underachieved as a, as a team. And the Twins were, I don't know if they were playing completely over their heads or playing a little bit over their heads. But right now the thing is they need to get their, their stuff together. They need to get on the same page. Usually when they have a decent offensive outing, the pitching – and especially the bullpen kind of lets them down. Or if they have a good pitching day, they don't really score a lot of runs. They they get stifled. So they've really kind of – they're not well, what, in sync right now. 
They're what not... happens in the bullpen, though, Jonathan? What happens? Well, sometimes you just don't have good bullpen guys. You've, they, they have some good bullpen guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Thielbar has been doing fairly well, and uh, Johan Duran. That, that dude just throws gas. He just rears back and he throws just lights out, lightning past your face that you can't catch up with. Right. And so there have been some good pitchers in the bullpen, but there have been some pitchers that have given up some runs in some bad situations and some crucial, critical situations. And so they need to shore up the pitching. They were trying to do that during the trade deadline. I don't know if it's been enough, but we'll see. They still have about six weeks to go. So there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of time to go. You know, the pitchers, um, the way they use their arm, how fast the ball is going, I'm just wondering how often do – how long do they stay in the game? How long do they continue to play that particular oh. sport uh, when you have to constantly, with so many games, work that arm, you know? And well, I'm just curious. How well, Gerilyn, you came to the right source of information to <laughs> bloviate on that. I'm not saying I'm correct. I'm just saying I'm going to spout off hot air. Um <laughs> Pitching, now this, your question can be answered two ways. First way is you're talking about the careers of people, and pitching that way puts a lot of stress on the arm. You have a lot of guys that will miss time with elbow injuries, with, with what's called a Tommy, they, they need what's called a Tommy John surgery, and that helps to repair if they have uh, elbow issues, helps to repair the elbows, and, and usually when you have Tommy John, you're out for a year, year and a half. Exactly. So, it takes a while to heal. Right. Uh, but you also have shoulder injuries. You have, you know, you might have back injuries or hip injuries. And so I don't know if careers last as long. I think the, the guys, that the pitchers that stay around and pitch for 15, 20 years is increasingly rare. Mm-hmm. And you got to find a real rare specimen that'll be out in the majors pitching effectively for that long. Now, the other way to look at it is in-game, in-season. And what happens now is you have people in these front offices, especially in the front offices, we're talking about general managers and presidents of operation and all of that, that go toward analytics and analytics is looking at data and basing your decisions more off of data than either gut feel or seeing the pitchers in action and getting a sense of how they are pitching during a game, how many bad innings they have, how many tough innings or, or stress innings they have, and just going by numbers and seeing, well, this time through the batting order they, they pitched this well, this time through the batting order they pitched this well, and strictly going by the numbers. That is an argument that is continuing and is heated in baseball uh, and will continue to be for the next however many years. And <laughs> I don't know if that gets solved. I know Rocco Baldelli is more of an analytical guy than more of a gut feel guy, and that's gone into – some of these pitching outings where you've had guys that have been pitching really well and they're only in the fifth or sixth inning and they're taken out for the bullpen when they probably could go another inning or two. 
So mm-hmm. it's it's all it's all about the new data and the new science, quote unquote, of pitching versus your old gut feel. Yeah, you know, I, I used to watch shows that talked about the new technology for runners, right, um, and the Olympics and that sort of thing. And it was fascinating to see what the technology could do for them, you know, how to make it where they uh, can do more than they could do before. And, of, cor- of course, that's probably the same for football, baseball, basketball. Technology is at the forefront, trying to give them another way of doing it, a better way of doing it. Are we being successful with that? Um, in some ways, yes, because you're getting stuff like new football helmets that are helping to cushion blows. It's not going to be an end-all, be-all, but you're, you're helping to reduce the number of concussions. You're helping to reduce the number of serious brain injuries with the technology in the helmets. I mean, there were points in the early, early time of football where people died on the field. Um, no joke. They didn't, you know, they didn't have any headgear, let None. alone, let alone the helmets that they have now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, technology has, has been able to help make sports safer, uh, maybe more efficient, maybe, maybe better with the, with the, 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 the body and the training and the, uh, nutrition that makes athletes better conditioned and so, yeah, there's definitely been advances and, and help through some of the sciences and the technology. But there are also some people that think, well, we've taken it a bit too far in a couple of different areas. So it's all it's it's all in how how the game is perceived. You absolutely love sports. You love it, love it, love it. And I'm just curious to know, did you play any? I did. Yes, I I I wasn't great. I I consider myself a scrub. Um, so. If, if you know what a scrub is out there, uh, you're welcome. So I, I played Is that in, part of the TLC song? Not that kind of scrub. I'm okay. not that kind of scrub. There, there's another ask. kind of scrub. I'm not that kind of that, – I don't want to be that kind of scrub. No. Okay. Uh, okay. I played basketball and soccer in competitively, I guess you could say, in grade school. From fifth through eighth grade, I played basketball. I played uh, soccer. We had tennis that we would play in the spring, but we didn't play it against any other schools. And then when I got into high school, I did uh, track for track and field for a couple of years. So I have played. Uh, I wish I could have played more. I wish I had more athletic ability. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, but, no, I've – you know, it's – I've been in it a little bit, but not to the point where you have people that have played at a very competitive level in high school, at a very competitive level in college, and then even getting into semi-pro, let alone professional sports. I, I haven't, I haven't touched that realm. So uh, I'd lo- I would love to in, in, in my day, but now it's like, okay, let's just uh, walk it out. Let's just uh, keep the bones. Keep the bones uh, from from not uh, scratching against each other. That's that's the main goal right now. <laughs> you know, my granddaughter, my oldest, uh, she'll be ten years old soon, and she can fly when she runs. She's so fast. And at her school, um, they've been asking, you know, her to come and join the, 
you know, the team. And I don't know uh, if her parents are going to allow it or not. She's tall and thin and long legs, and man, can she run. It is a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, but I know parents get really worried when they, and their children are, you know, getting into sports and may get hurt. You know, you're really fortunate when they can go through all of their years in school, all the way up through 12th grade, and not have any injuries. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, it's not the norm, but it's rare. it is truly amazing. It's it rare. is rare. Yeah. So I know we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk a little bit about something called weed drinks. You know anything about that, Jonathan? <laughs> he just walks out of the conversation. We'll be back. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome you are listening to the Mom and Li Michael Hour. Of course, Michael couldn't make it tonight. However, he's looking forward to next Sunday. So I do hope you'll stick and stay with us. It's Jonathan Lowe and I talking. And uh, I learn a lot from Jonathan. And hopefully we get to glean as something from each other on Sunday nights. Um, I thank um, my producers, of course, Chris Tubbs, as well as Jonathan Lowe, uh, who do an excellent job helping me um, with uh, booking the show. So this has been really fun tonight. And as we wrap up this half hour, 
Um, it's really remarkable. I was reading an article from the, from the New York Times that talks about weed drinks. And I asked Jonathan, do you know what these are? And I didn't get an answer. Do you know? I've heard of them, I believe. You're talking – now, you're not talking about – what? okay, what are you talking about? I am talking about marijuana drinks. Yes, okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not familiar with – okay. I'm going to say this, and it's going to be accurate for me, not for anybody, for, but for me. I did okay. not inhale – I did not inhale. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. Well, this article in the New York Times today talks about weed drinks and that they are a buzzy alcohol substitute. But are they safe? That's the big question that they're asking, right? Because business is booming for cannabis-infused beverages. And this has been going on for about 10 years. It's not like it's brand new. People have been knowing about it for a long time because they, in the mid-20s, um, which is like 2010 or something, um, they had this whole era of ready-to-drink cocktails. You remember that? Hard seltzers and so much more. Um, oh, and with record, are still big. They're still oh, they're huge. still big. Man, you know, you go in a liquor store and they are jam-packed. Yeah. Jam-packed. They've, Not with just people, but with all of their products. It's just constantly well, growing. Well, it, it's, it's interesting because I drink ciders. Uh, I drink hard ciders. Okay. And the, I have a sister-in-law that drinks those. She loves them. There you go. They're, they're wonderful. They're delicious and great. Um, <laughs> but they, you could see them in the liquor stores or in the grocery stores that would that have a liquor section. You would see maybe a few hard ciders, but of course you'd see all your beer. You'd see your your wine and whatnot. And five years ago, seven years ago. You might have a seltzer or two. You might have a few of them. They'd be kind of mixed in with the, the the hard lemonades or the hard teas or the uh, wine coolers, that sort of thing. They weren't really big. Now, I go. I went into um, Total Wine up here in Roseville right. Friday. Friday. And I was looking to get a couple things. I, I was out uh, yesterday at uh, a get-together cookout, and I was taking a couple things for me to drink. And the seltzers were equal. There was basically equal amount of space, if not more, slightly more, for the seltzers than there were for the, the ciders. Wow. So I, what did you glean from that? Just, just the fact that the seltzers are—it's—it's it's not a trend. It is not no. uh, just a fad. It is something that has really caught on. And I'll say this: You remember Zima? No. Zima was that that kind of clear beer back in the nineties. Oh, I wouldn't have paid attention. I don't do beer. Okay. Well, it was like a, I think it was more of a seltzer, but it was kind of like a cross between a seltzer and a beer. But it was it was one of those light things that oh, you want to be trendy, you go get a Zima, and that was around. But that was a fad; it faded. This mm. with Truly and 
high noon sun sips, which is always a great thing to say. High noon sun sips. Yes, that's everybody. Oh. Everybody calls them high noon. I was actually out on the golf course uh, last week, and one of the guys I was playing with got got one. He's like, oh, "Let me get a high noon." I said, "Oh yeah, high noon sun sips." And and they looked and they said, "What?" And then they looked at the camera like, "Oh yeah, that is the name." It's a full name. It's high noon sun sips. <laughs> Why do we do that? I don't know. It just I, leaves our brain. We don't. Well, we don't pay attention to the whole thing. But but but, but but if you look at the can, they have high noon in big letters, and then they have sun sips in little letters. I so, love that though. Yeah. Sun sips. That yeah. is so. That's wow. But I with so with those and that. the white claws and all this stuff, it it is a a trend that has staying power, and that's it, it's sunken its teeth and its claws into us. Well, and some of us. I don't drink them, but they're everywhere. And a bunch of people, a lot of people drink them. They were at, yeah, they were at the cookout yeah. last night. Well, and you see them a lot when people are, you know, partying outside before a game. Um, yes. You know, you see a lot of that. You, yes. You, you can't miss it. Um, but when it comes to recreational marijuana uh, becoming legal in several states, it says in the article, cannabis-infused mocktails seltzers and alcohol-free wines are hitting the market often sold as a shortcut to a healthier high how do you define a healthier high <laughs> what I, I mean i read this and i went what what are y'all talking about a healthier high bottom line is that there is plenty for people to um to get at these liquor stores and i remember when they first started opening liquor stores on Sundays and blah, blah, blah. And it was just a big deal. And now you can go in on Sundays and grab any of these that we've just mentioned. Oh, absolutely. And, and just know that some of them have small doses of CBD uh, in them. So I don't Maybe, know about you, it's, but it's, I, I don't think I'd ever have a mock. I, I, I don't think I would ever have one of these. I don't, I don't believe I'd have one either just because the thought of, of marijuana as a liquid this doesn't appeal to me, I guess you'd say, but it's just another way to intake it. It's let's say you're you you've smoked um, marijuana for a few years, and now you have a different alternative with the oils or the the food right. like brownies or gummies or whatnot, mm -hmm. cookies, mm -hmm. and now you have another alternative to to inhale it with with the these drinks and so maybe it's a i, I don't know maybe it's a, a more a safer way to digest it i don't know but well, here's the thing if people are sick and they've been the doctors say hey you know take cannabis it'll be good for you um the medicinal purposes of it makes sense to me i had an uncle who um had cancer and they said he would only live about a year and a half and he ended up li living for more than seven years um, but it was all because of cannabis you know i mean i would go visit him in chicago and you know he would sit right there and you know um and say he'd have his cannabis right in front of him but he would never smoke it in the house his wife did like it so he would leave and go outside sit outside and actually smoke it he would feel better every time so i love it when it's medicinal i don't have any problem with that but um you know weed now that it's out there and in so many states they're saying hey you know we have, we allow this i do know a lot about cannabis and and, and when i was getting my um undergrad degree and I could not believe how many uh, ways that it was used 
used. Uh, the, the history of cannabis goes back. It's like it was considered the plant that could do everything. You could use it for drinks and foods and um, clothing and so much more. There was this long list of cannabis. It used to be everywhere, right? I mean, we didn't know this, but it used to be everywhere and it wasn't illegal. And I don't know what changed it and made it illegal, but this is a plant that can solve some of the world's problems. And I'm not kidding you on that. You just remember, and and we got to break off of this, you just remember at one point in time, the poppy was Mm -hmm. so popular because Mm -hmm. everybody thought opium was a big-time medicine. Mm -hmm. And it turned out not to be. And you learn more about things. And I I think that in terms of cannabis, things were learned. They didn't like them. They thought, oh, you know, this is another drug. This is another way to um, escape reality without any benefit. But now we're seeing, okay, where opium may not have had as much medical, medicinal benefit, cannabis has more medicinal benefit. And we're coming around with more research on it as to, okay, what can this provide? How can this be of help to people? Right, but if you look at the history of cocaine, which used to sit on the the shelves of Walgreens, if I'm not that's mistaken. another one, Coca-Cola. yeah, <laughs> Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, man, and that stuff was for real. People could go, and they were having parties, and they'd have these beautiful, uh, beautifully decorated tin cans, and you pick up, you know, one of those and take it home for the party, and people would just enjoy it, and they would feel you, you know, euphoric <laughs> because they really enjoyed it. But look at where they it is today. Did. They inhale. They They inhale, man. They taste it, inhale, whatever you want to call it. But um, with weed drinks, I don't worry about it because I know the plant is so integral to this planet. And I hope that they will start using it again in the ways it was used decades, decades ago um, because it's really healthy in the sense of what it can do for food, for eating, for clothing, for I mean, it's just so much. There's so much healing properties with it. So there you go. I know we got to take a break and we'll come back in just a moment. Stumbling out of bars. Have you ever done that? Oh, my gosh. I can just imagine how many people have done that. And, you know, I don't hear people talk about it like that anymore. And I don't see people stumbling out of um, restaurants and clubs and that sort of thing. You, hardly you ever. Ain't out, you ain't out. Uh, exactly. You ain't out on the town <laughs> on a Saturday night. I'll tell you that much. No, Saturday night, I man, I've gone to the plays, and when you every all the people are pouring out of the theaters, and you watch and you try to see, okay, is anybody like no, no, totally no. outside theaters, of themselves? Theaters ain't the bar. You theaters. talking about the bars? Okay, yeah, I'm talking okay. about bars and some restaurants. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, uh, you know, the. I'm trying to like Dan Kelly's downstairs, even though it's not open till two a.m. anymore, but. Places like that where you would find people that are there specifically to drink. And I'm not saying I've ever been one of those people, but I may have been one of those people. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> okay, well said, dude. Well said. Well said. So I don't know when when people get drunk off of alcohol or whether they are really high on some, you know, 
pill or something, or even weed, smoking weed, and it makes them feel like they are the best thing in the world. Um, it's really quite remarkable that there are challenges to all of it. I mean, really, we should be a lot more careful. Um, I was reading this article, continuing to read it, and I didn't know that there are winemakers that make cans of alcohol-free sparkling wine, but they infuse it with 10 milligrams of THC. I didn't know that. And what is what are the studies about that, bringing those two together, and how will that affect people driving and that sort of thing? I'm really just blown away how drugs are reentering into places where they've been put out. Um, and so I, I, I'm concerned about that. You know, for loved ones, I'm concerned about that. For dear friends, I'm just concerned about that. When I'm driving, you name it. And um, I, I had this incident yesterday, Jonathan, where I was getting off the highway, off of 94, and it said yield, and I yielded. I looked both ways twice. And all of a sudden, as I was turning, this man who was in a wheelchair was right there. And I just about freaked out. I, I had to pull over. I was so terrified and so grateful that I didn't hit him, touch him in any way. I was so grateful, you know, had tears in my eyes because what if, right? What if? And so a lot of people are driving on the weekends, especially that are under the, you know, the ruling of <laughs> alcohol and so much more. And you don't know how to react sometimes. You really don't. Um, but I, I feel so blessed that that ex what could have been a terrible thing did not happen last night. Thank God. And there was no alcohol involved or anything like that. But um, it really terrified me because it was so pitch black. There was no light there. And I'm just grateful I didn't hit him. So grateful. And I just kept saying to him, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So I don't know. It was really scary. Also, when it comes to uh, weed, and, you know, that's what we usually call it, right? Weed. Um, there's so much more to it. And people are are drinking weed now. And the the it looks like a martini glass uh, with the weed sitting in it and how they infuse it and, and make it where it doesn't hurt you as much. But I, I would really have to ask an expert if it hurts you at all, because the weed of today is not like the weed of yesterday. Yeah. And you see that changing, right? I mean, the smell of it even is so different. You smell it everywhere. Well, the thing with, I don't know how much of, of a thing this was when the the hippie culture was around in the mid to late 60s and into the 70s and how that's changed over time. But now you hear from people, like you said, you there are times when you don't know what's going into that drug that you're taking. Right. And I know that a lot of emphasis right now is on fentanyl and and oh, wow types of fentanyl business yeah mm -hmm. it's it's i mean you talk you just go you just say the word prince and that's yeah. that's how he died yes, and so the fact that these some of these drugs are being and especially designer drugs are being mixed with other things. That could make it more lethal, could give you a bigger high, I guess, but could make this more lethal. It's something that you now have to watch out for more readily and more carefully because it's like someone and, – and this is going to be a silly comparison. I'm going to make it, but it's a silly comparison. But it's like someone with a food allergy reading the ingredient label 
to make sure that there is nothing in there that will make them react to their allergy. And mm-hmm. so maybe there's some maybe there needs to be some kind of labeling and I know that if you go maybe to a dispensary they I wonder if dispensaries have that capability of putting labels on and and showing you ingredients and how it's made uh, buying it off the street you're not going to get that but I wonder if if you can see that if you go to some of these dispensaries that are licensed to sell yeah, good question. You know, I look at even some of the vitamins that I take, you know, from vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin D, magnesium. And you just, I mean, there's a bunch of vitamins that I take a day. And most of the bottles say that it is not approved by the FDA. And I keep sitting there going, well, why are we taking this stuff? And and, <laughs> and it's not even approved. Um, but we take it anyway. And I don't know if it's even doing any good. I don't, I don't have a way necessarily of, of understanding or finding out if it's really working. It's so frustrating, Jonathan, whether it's um, real drugs um, that cause people to, like marijuana, that cause people to falter from time to time. And then other people who it really blesses them, it keeps them alive, um, keeps them on this planet living a life uh, because they are on those drugs um, like cannabis. So I don't know. I keep asking myself, why do I keep taking vitamins? Do you take vitamins? I don't at this time. I probably will, you know, down the road. But I take I take a couple of things a day for allergies, and so um, it's probably the same for me. I've taken this stuff for so long; it's probably embedded in my brain by now. But um, stuff like that, you don't want to become addicted to it, and you and you want to make sure that everything is good for you that goes in. But sometimes it, I don't know. I, I'm yeah. not as careful as I as I probably should be on these more licensed uh, drugs and and uh, pharmaceuticals, so to speak. Pharmaceuticals, but, you know, um, it uh, talks about in that article too that what are the risk of cannabis infused drinks? And it said it's easy to accidentally consume too much THC. Yeah. It's a simple answer, right? And so how do we stay on top of that? How do we know the drinks that are coming at us uh, that the bartenders make that won't hurt us? Because every one of us is different, right? Some people can really have a high level of alcohol that they can do and others can't. So it's uh, it's it's uh, math. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's the math of, the, uh, math of it all. But so we I appreciate break. you telling your truth. I know we do. All right, we're going to take a break and then finally wrap this up. We'll be back. It is now 10.56 here at WCCO. My goodness, Jonathan, I have had a good time talking with you tonight. And I thank you so much for sticking and staying with us here at WCCO. I think you are a really good um, producer as well. Hey, do you know what pickleball is? That's become extremely popular. Oh, my gosh. What is the deal? I mean, they're saying that this could be the sport of the future injury, that it's that dangerous at times. It's all fun and games until you strain your Achilles tendon and herniate a disc or do a face plant in the kitchen. So people are really talking about it, and it is spread even here in the great state of Minnesota. Real quick, there's there's a tennis court on the block right behind my complex that I live at. Yeah. It's a couple tennis courts. You would barely see people playing tennis. I went by there a week or two ago. Packed. Everybody's playing pickleball. 
Packed. Oh, my gosh. Well, there you go. I got to check it out. Thanks for everything, Jonathan. And thank you all for sticking and staying with us tonight. I hope to hear from you on Sunday. Take care. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.